Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week five is upon us. This is like the first really big weekend of of conference play this year, other than maybe you could maybe count week one with the ACC Network launch. But in any case, big slate this weekend. I'm ready to uh, to preview it. How are you doing? You ready? My team plays on Friday night, Joey. So... (laughs) <laughs> Look no further than that as far as getting weird and diving right into conference play. Yeah, it might be a sign of things to come. Uh, the Hokies do start out Friday night. They start out the weekend uh, for the ACC. So we will we will start there, Mike. Uh, let's just dive right in. I got, I got nothing else before we get started. Anything you got? Nope. Let's fire away. Let's go. All right. 7 o'clock, Friday night, ESPN. You've gotten home from work. You poured a beer and game is on. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils. On the road, once again on ESPN, the Duke, the Blue Devils, a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Virginia Tech. The total is 52 points in this game. Uh, Mike, this game, the, the spread opened about six and real quickly fell to two-and-a-half. Uh, a lot of people believe in Duke a lot more than they believe in Virginia Tech. Uh, are you one of them? Bud grab plus six. Uh, Bud Elliott for for the uh, unwashed out there, but yes, uh, Bud grabbed plus six, and um, I, I'm jealous personally. I wish I had gotten six points with Duke. Yeah, he grabbed plus six and then let us know about it on Twitter. So there you go. Um, <laughs> this has now been bet down, as you mentioned, Joe. It's sitting at two and a half as we record here on Tuesday night. Uh, Duke is 107th nationally in passing efficiency defense, so. If there's one area where this game is not necessarily all that even, it's in that category. Virginia Tech's passing offense, the top 60 unit currently, could easily be inside the top 50 if it weren't for Ryan Willis's multiple interceptions that he threw in week one and the one, of course, that he threw um, almost two weeks ago uh, in the third game of the year against Furman. Uh, the passing well, even offense if, has been... Even if the offense acted like they were better at passing than they were at running, which is just kind of up in the air for any given game for what that's worth. Yes, this is true. Um, now, I, I think it would just be – it would be really nice for Virginia Tech to sustain any sort of consistency offensively at any point in time. That would be really good. Um, I think if they are able to do that on Friday night at home, they're going to have a really good chance to win the game. The problem is Virginia Tech is still starting a bunch of freshmen on the offensive line. That is quite problematic, uh, something that against Duke you don't necessarily want. The Duke defense, while we mentioned they're not great against the pass, they've been okay against the run, and you know they've been relatively consistent offensively. So if this gets into a little bit of a shootout and the Hokies are going to have to protect Ryan Willis for four quarters, I'm not really sure how I feel about that, especially with a running game that's rather inconsistent. Duke sitting as a two and a half point underdog, Joey. I'm taking the Blue Devils outright, 
I think Virginia Tech has a chance to win this matchup if they're able to protect Ryan Willis for four quarters. I think that's a big if at this point. It's literally the X factor in the entire game. If they can keep Willis upright and he takes care of the football, I think the Hokies can win this game by seven to ten points. If they don't do that, which I'm leaning towards that outcome because I haven't seen it on a consistent basis against defenses that are not as good as Duke's. Um, Duke is easily the best defense Virginia Tech's played all year. Um, And because of that, I just don't really trust Virginia Tech's offensive line right now. And I think even at home, even after a bye week for the Hokies, I mean, Duke was on a bye week as well. I just, I like Duke at plus two and a half more than I like Virginia Tech right now. Duke has been more consistent, albeit against lesser competition, but the Hokies have struggled against lesser competition. I've just seen more out of Duke to date through three weeks. I'm more confident in them winning the game than I am Virginia Tech. So I'm going to take the Blue Devils outright here, Joey. Plus two and a half against the spread. I think it's good value. I'm going to be honest with you here, Mike. I'm with you. I'm on Duke outright in this game. Um, I There is so much more about the Duke football program that I trust right now than I trust about the Virginia Tech football program. Yep. Um, and, and that's everything from the coaching. I think Duke gets better coaching than Virginia Tech's getting. I mean, you look at the offensive play calling. We've, we've chronicled on this, this podcast, Virginia Tech's offensive play calling has been a complete mystery when put up against what Virginia Tech is clearly good at on offense. Meanwhile, Duke has like completely reinvented their offense with Daniel Jones out and Quentin Harris in at quarterback, right? Like they're coming out running almost like straight up Paul Johnson flexbone triple option stuff at times because they know that that's what puts their quarterback and their offense in the best place to succeed. Like that is about as drastic a shift as I've seen year to year. And but it's I think it's a, a testament to the level of coaching that Duke is getting. Not to mention, yeah, Duke is going into Blacksburg in a night game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not so sure that Virginia Tech's fans really care that much right now. I don't think that they are that bought in on this program. I don't think that this is going to be a very intimidating environment whatsoever. There is not a lot that I, I love about Virginia Tech in this game. The best thing I can think is that they got a bye week last week and maybe can sort some stuff out. But I'm really not trusting where this Hokies program is right now. I'm right there with you. I'm on Duke outright in this game. Um, I, give me Duke like – 34-27 maybe. I mean, I, I like Duke. I like the Blue Devils. I like Duke too. I like the over in this game as well. Yeah, 52 points. I, I don't trust the Hokies defense that much. And, yeah, I, th- I think I tend to like the over a little bit. Um, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna make that my pick of the week or anything like that, but I think I like the over. So um, I think both of us on the over in that game. 52 points, not that much. Uh, ready to move on, Mike? Yep. All right, Friday night, out of the way. Let's hit the headliner of the weekend in the ACC, 3.30 p.m. Saturday on NBC. The number 18, Virginia Cavaliers, a 12-and-a-half-point underdog in South Bend, taking on your number 10, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Mike. I know you're you're conflicting in this game. It's your Irish versus your Cavs. Um, There's a lot going on here. Virginia coming off a pretty underwhelming performance against Old Dominion. Notre Dame coming off of a, a bit of a, a bit of a tough loss, tough performance against Georgia. Um, do you feel like your Cavs are in a good position to bounce back against your Irish here, Mike? Yeah, extremely conflicted. I hate Virginia, and I grew up a Notre Dame fan, so <laughs> very conflicted. If you're new to the podcast, um, I don't think Virginia has a prayer in this football game. And maybe I'm off base. Maybe I'm underestimating Virginia. Virginia hasn't been able to run the ball that well. 
Bryce Perkins has been okay throwing the football, uh, but he has had some mind-numbing turnovers. Notre Dame has figured out a way to turn teams over. Defensively, they've been very stout. They've been consistent. Offensively, um, Notre Dame's rushing attack hasn't been great, uh, but I think this is an opportunity here to get back going in the right direction. Jafar Armstrong looks like he may be able to play, so keep an eye on that in this game for Notre Dame. Uh, He missed last week against Georgia. So if he's back in the fold, I think that would be, that would be a welcome addition to the Notre Dame offense. I love the way Ian book played last week. I know he threw a couple of interceptions, but I thought he played fearlessly against that Georgia defense. It's going to be the best defense he faces on the entire schedule, which I mean, Georgia's outstanding defensively. Um, Notre Dame is far and away more athletic on both offense and defense. They have more athletes than Virginia has. I think Virginia is a very good team with a high floor in the ACC and a pretty defined ceiling currently because of their inability to run the football. This is one of those games that's going to show the difference between the two football programs at this point in time. Notre Dame is just at a different level than Virginia is. For as well as Virginia has played over the past year, year and a half, They are not on Notre Dame's level, Joey. I like Notre Dame big in this game. I think they cover 12.5 rather easily. I think they win this game by 17 or 18 points. I I think it's almost a three-touchdown spread. And I think this game goes over as well. I think Notre Dame can potentially score in the 30s or 40s. I'm not intimidated by Virginia's defense for that Notre Dame offense with what I saw last week against Georgia. I think the Irish can score plenty, and I think Virginia will get on the board here as well. I like the over, and I like Notre Dame by two to three touchdowns. Yeah, total is 49 and a half here. That seems a little bit low. Um, Mike, just how confident are you feeling that pick, by the way? Uh, it's going to be my pick of the week, Joey. Mike's ACC pick of the week, taking Notre Dame covering 12 and a half at home against Virginia. Um, I think that's a bold pick. I, You make a lot of good points there, Mike. I, I mean, Notre Dame hung with Georgia in a way that I think a lot of people didn't really expect them to. Um, this clearly seems to be one of those, call it, you know, top 12 to 15 programs in the country. I'm going to be honest, I'm on the other side of this game. I'm on Virginia taking the points. I think, I think Notre Dame wins the game outright, but I think Virginia is good enough to keep it close. One of the thoughts that I had is if you give these coaching staffs equal talent on a, on a neutral field, I think I like what I'm getting from Virginia's coaching staff right now better than what I'm getting from Notre Dame's. Um, Are you sure? No. I think I'm not sure, but I think that's what I like. Um, I mean, you talk about doing more with less, like you're getting that from Virginia way more than you're getting that from Notre Dame, right? Like, tell me that a program like Notre Dame, what they're capable of in recruiting and all that couldn't hang with Georgia. And I mean, there's a reason that that spread was outwards of two touchdowns last week. Right. Meanwhile, Virginia, I think is good enough to keep this thing kind of close. Um, it is. You're correct. I think it's completely problematic for the Cavs right now that they have not really gotten their running game going at all. Again, we talked about this in the recap of week four. Wayne Tulapapa is really the guy. He's the bell cow for Virginia. He's averaging less than four yards per carry. Um, and, and that's not some aberration. Like, I think his long carry on the year has been like 12, 13 yards, something to that effect. I mean, there is no explosiveness whatsoever with this Virginia run game, and that's that's kind of problematic to me. But I also kind of believe in what this coaching staff is doing, and I think that you're going to get some really good scheming out of them. 
I don't think Virginia wins the game outright. I think they kind of keep it close, maybe seven to 10 points, but um, I think there will be some scoring in this game. I, I think that they're going to keep it close. So give me Virginia in the points, but Notre Dame outright, uh, maybe 34, 24 kind of thing. I think it does go, does go over the number of 40, uh, 49 and a half though. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, so give me the over there. Um, I, I am tempted to make Virginia my pick of the week and just go just straight up dueling with you, Mike. Um, but let me, uh, let me marinate on that here for a little bit and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you at the end of the episode. Fair. All right. Let's move on. Same time, 3.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. Uh, our Wake Forest Steam and Deeks, Mike, are a six-and-a-half-point road favorite in Chestnut Hill against the Boston College Eagles. Uh, Wake Forest just, you know, taking care of business, doing their thing, running the white claw fence. I mean, everything just going according to plan for the Deeks right now. Boston College coming off a, a you know, two-score win against Rutgers where they were coming off a blowout loss to Kansas, things not really going quite according to plan. Given almost a touchdown on the road with Wake Forest, there's an aspect of that and just knowing kind of the teams involved in the colors and the logos and all that that I'm not so comfortable with. And yet, knowing where these teams are at right now, I might be tempted to give those points of Wake Forest. I'm giving the points. (laughs) <laughs> I like Wake Forest here to cover six and a half on the road. I don't think it matters. Boston College's defense has been really bad. Wake Forest's offense has been really good. Joey, there's a white claw shortage, but there's not a white claw fence shortage. No shortage of the white claw fence. No shortage of the white claw fence. And they're getting Kendall Hinton back. He's missed the last couple of games, so he's going to be back starting in the slot. Uh, we found out here this week, so that's pretty significant. So he's going to be back into the fold, just another playmaker for an already explosive offense, one of the best in the country, by the way. Um, yep. Joey, 69.5 is the total. That seems a little bit high for me, and here's why. I'm not sure Boston College's offense can score that much on Wake Forest defense. Now, Wake Forest defense has not been very good. That's why I think this is a trap. Boston College's defense has been really, really, really bad. The offense hasn't been consistent enough for me to really trust that Boston College will score enough to go over. I think Wake Forest can score in the 30s. I'm not sure they'll make it into the 40s against this Boston College defense just because I'm not sure there will be enough possessions. On the other side, I'm not sure Boston College's offense can score as much on Wake Forest defense as it may look on paper. I'm taking the under here, Joey. I think 69 and a half is a lot of points. Yeah, that's the thing. is like My problem with this is that I've mentioned, I think, before on here that I'm considering at this point that Wake Forest is secretly like a Big 12 team. Um Wake Forest is going to score a bunch of points. They're going to give up a bunch of points. They're going to play a bunch of shootouts. They're winning, and that's great. But, like, in terms of trying to play the under on a lot of these games, it doesn't make me feel the best. But then again, if you told me this game finished 38-31, that seems like a lot of points, and yet that would technically check in under 69.5. So um, there's that aspect here. Uh, I I think give the points with Wake Forest – um, inside of seven, it, honestly, if it was seven and a half instead of six and a half, I'm probably going the other way. But I think inside of the touchdown, let's let's give the points with Wake Forest. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, Boston College's defense has not been very good at all. Wake's defense has been good in spots, but like really not good in others. And I'm going to go over. I'm going to think. I, I'm going to lean the over. I. I don't know that I would necessarily like really recommend betting that either direction. Um, 
I don't love that number in either direction, but I'm going to lean over with Deeks. Um, but I think for the very least, you and I both on Wake Forest minus the six and a half. Um, I think this is a good spot for them going into uh, Chestnut Hill on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I agree. Don't bet that 69 and a half total with hard-earned actual money. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, probably don't do that. Um, all right, both of us on Wake Forest. Let's move on. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. The NC State Wolfpack, Dave Doran's NC State Wolfpack, a six-point underdog going into Tallahassee, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Here we go again, Mike. Uh, Florida State favored by less than a touchdown. How do you feel about that? I'm going to trust you, Florida State. I didn't trust you last week. I'm going to trust you this week. And, of course, you'll probably find a way to blow it because that's what you do whenever I bet on you. Um, Florida State, they cover six at home, Joey. I think they win the game. They cover six. 60 and a half, by the way. Love the under there. Um, yeah, I'm on Florida State here. I think their offense has obviously been pretty consistent here the last few weeks, um, whether it's Blackman or Hornybrook at quarterback. I think there's confidence at that position right now. Cam Akers continues to be the workhorse that we all expect him to. The offensive line is starting to get a little bit better. That's something to monitor. It's been pretty bad overall for the last like year, year and a half. There are some signs of life there for the first time in a long time. And it's because that offensive line has – been able to not have like five guys, five starters injured all at one time. Amazing how that works. Um, they're starting to be some signs of life on the offensive side of the football on a more consistent basis. Now, defensively, Florida State needs to be a lot better more consistently than they have been. And they need to put four quarters of football together on defense, which they have done on a less consistent basis than the offense the defense has just not been very good they got to figure that out this week because nc state i'm not sure how good they actually are but they have been figuring out ways to manufacture points so mm-hmm. keep an eye on this one i'm going to be on the under here joey under 60 and a half i'm going to take florida state at home to cover six for better or worse implied score here i guess is about 33 27 yep that seems like a bit much for nc state for me Yep. I think Florida State is more than capable of winning this game, like 31-21. So I think I'm with you. I think I'm on Florida State, and I think I'm on the under here. Hell yeah. Um, Here's my biggest issue with NC State. Like, week one, East Carolina, they look great. They look really good, Mike. Week two, Western Carolina, they look really good, Mike. They look real good. Week three, West Virginia, what the hell happened here? Yep. That's a bad West Virginia team, and you got beat badly in that game. And then what happened? Uh, then they hosted Ball State, and they looked fine. I'm going to go fine. Right. You know, yep. you beat a team by 11 when you were a 19-point favorite. Like, he only complained so much, but also you could have done better. Yep. So, you know, I, I felt pretty high on the NC State and where they were after two weeks. And after four weeks, I am kind of back to where I was preseason of, like, I'm not so certain what I'm getting from the NC State team this year. Um, Matthew McKay has been k- kind of good, kind of spotty. I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of drive by drive almost at times. So I I don't know. I don't love NC State here. I don't. I, I think Florida State is by far again the most talented team. They've now got what like a week and a half, two and a half weeks under their belts with. Uh, the new analyst, Jim Levitt, on staff. I think that's going to pay huge dividends. 
as most staff analysts do. Shout out, I don't know who, what, Butch Jones, Alabama analyst right now. That's going okay. Jerry Kill. Jerry Kill. Virginia Tech. Yeah, go Hokies. Um, yeah, I'm on Florida State here, covering six, uh, covering six, and I think the under is the right number here as well. Um, Let's roll I, with it. Yeah, FSU and the under. I'm with you. Um, we'll see. We'll see. You're uh, by the way, you're ahead on picks this year for what it's worth. Um, you are 18, 16, and one. I am 15, 19, and one. Um, but picks of the week, I am two and two. You're one, two, and one. So. Depending on who you're listening push, to, baby, push. I got a push in there. <laughs> That's that takes skill. That takes skill. All right, let's move on. Uh, 3:30 p.m. on ABC. The number one Clemson Tigers on the road, all the way up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, taking on Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. Twenty-seven points seems like a lot. Is Clemson minus anything in effect here, Mike? Yep, it is. Yeah. It is. Minus yep. anything. Trevor Lawrence is too good for that North Carolina defense. Travis Etienne's been running the football well. Clemson has way too many playmakers. North Carolina, they're athletic on defense, but they're not athletic enough to keep it within four scores against Clemson. I'm sorry. I, I just don't trust Sam Howell as a freshman going up against a Clemson defense that, you know, while they've been a bit of a work in progress, it's all relative. I mean, Clemson's still one of the best units in the ACC defensively. This is a very, very tough matchup for North Carolina, even at home. Give me Clemson to win and cover here. I'm taking a look at the total of 61. I think that may go over. I don't really have an opinion on that. That's kind of like a coin flip for me. I'd probably stay away from the over-under of 61. Depends on how much you trust Sam Howell to throw enough touchdown passes to keep North Carolina in it. Maybe get a garbage time cover there, um, or a garbage time hitting the over, rather. Um, but I think Clemson wins this game rather convincingly, and I do think they cover 27 points. It's, it's a lot in a conference game, but I just I think they cover it. I'm on the over here for what it's worth. Um, I, I completely agree. I mean, implied score, once again, is like 44-16, kind of in that area, maybe 44-17, 43-16. I mean, that's – I think that's too low scoring. I think Clemson's going to get theirs. I think – and, you know, UNC is going to be able to add a few points. So I'm on the over here for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're at a point. It's, it's again, it's Clemson minus anything until it's not. And as we have completely just banged down the door of this season so far, Mike, Dabo Swinney knows what the spread is. He knows what the spread is. They're going to cover. And if they don't, it's like by accident, right? Like, so – the, the, the biggest enemy of Clemson at this point is boredom. They're going to cover the spread, maybe not by much more. They're going to do just as much damage as they have to, and they're going to make their bo- big boosters some money, and that's it. Um, so, yeah, keep keep betting Clemson until it doesn't happen, and then after that, it'll probably keep happening after that. So just, look, they're going to go like 9-3, and 10-2 against the spread in the regular season. So just do it. Don't, don't question it. Just do it. Fair. Let's, let's go with it then. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm not going to stop betting Clemson until they prove otherwise. Do you feel dumb, like, just openly giving 27 points in a conference game? I really, really do. <laughs> and that might be, like, 
And that might not be one of the three biggest spreads you give points on this year in a conference game. A lot. It is a lot of points, but I'm just going to roll with it. That's where we're at, Mike. That's where we're at. All right, Mike, last quote, quote, big game on the spread here. Uh, Georgia Tech, a nine-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Philadelphia taking on the Temple Owls. Uh, this is, of course, Jeff Collins' first uh, season as Georgia Tech's head coach. He came from? Temple. He came from Temple, Mike. Uh, so he's going to go face his former team. I'm sure they are just really happy to see him, and they don't want to win too big in this game. So – you know, do you feel okay about Georgia Tech here? Yeah, and the statistics tell me I shouldn't. I mean, logic tells me I should be on <laughs> Temple. Temple's got a top 50 scoring defense. They're a top 35 scoring offense. They are, they've been solid, consistent, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what kind of competition you're playing. They're putting up the numbers that you're expecting them to against the quality of competition that they've played. Um, I should be on Temple, or I should be on Temple for all those reasons I just mentioned, but for some reason I just have a hunch that this is going to go a little bit sideways. You know, with what I just mentioned, Temple should be more than a nine and a half point favorite, Joey. They should be a double digit favorite. Georgia Tech has not been able to handle themselves and get out of their own way offensively. They have no identity on that side of the football right now, and I should really, 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 really be on Temple. But for some reason, I feel like Georgia Tech's going to come out and play well in this football game, well enough to keep it close, and I do think they cover the spread. I don't have any good information to back that up other than I think they're going to play hard for Jeff Collins and just figure it out. I think they'll figure it out. I think Temple at home, it's kind of a weird spot. You're against your old coach. Maybe you're a little overhyped. I'm just trying to talk myself into picking Georgia Tech here, Joey. That's that's what I'm going with. So I'm going to take Georgia Tech to cover for no reason other than it's just a hunch and it's a gut feeling. I think I'm with you here. I've got Georgia Tech to cover. I've got Temple to win outright. Nine and a half is a lot of points here, Mike. Um, the biggest thing that I've been thinking to myself about is, you know, Georgia Tech coming off a of bye week. They, and before that, obviously coming off of the, what I would call the worst loss in program history against the Citadel. Um, and, and the biggest issue, you know, you, you could say the Citadel game was a terrible game for the defense, and it, and it was. But as we talked about afterwards, I'm I'm not that concerned about the defense moving forward. They look pretty good in the SP Plus rankings. I mean, they, they're ultimately being coached by Jeff Collins, who's barely ever had a questionable defense anywhere, much less a bad one. It, and there's plenty of talent on that side of the ball, especially in the back seven. So I'm not too worried about the defense from that standpoint. Uh, they are they are designed to stop this type of offense. They are not going to be designed and coached on a week-in, week-out basis to stop what the Citadel is throwing at them. So I feel good about the defense on that aspect. Maybe maybe the offense has figured something out in the bye week that resembles some level of, like, consistency and, like, I don't know, strategy and a cohesive, you know, theory on, like, what they're going to do. Maybe they've figured out a way to get the ball to some of their best players in space, which is just this novel concept. Um, I don't know how it is that you're failing to get Amore and Brown and Tyler Davis the ball in space, but, you know, who's to say? Um, what I will say, Mike, is that if, if it's me, if you put me in the coach's box, if we did this Freaky Friday thing and you, you made me sit in Dave Patnode's body 
for 24 hours in the coach's box, I could probably coach Georgia Tech to get at least 24 to 30 points in this game. And I'd feel okay about them winning the game at that point. But I don't have a lot of faith right now that this is going to happen. Um, I've got Georgia Tech keeping it close. I've got Temple winning outright. Um, I, I like the under here quite a lot. Give me Temple like 24-17. Um, relatively low-scoring game. I don't think Tech's offense is going to be able to score much at all, just based on what I've seen, again, from the coaching staff and, and schematically offensively. It's, it's a complete mess. It makes no sense. So I like the under. I like Tech to keep it close, again, with what their, def- their defense is going to do. Temple coming off a pretty rough game against Buffalo for what that's worth, and that's not a great look. This is a, a Buffalo program that's been really good the last couple of years, but this year is not very good. And they lost not close <laughs> to this program. So there's that as well. So Georgia Tech and the under here, I think you're you're on the same place here. Yep, I'm with you. And this is just a really, really weird matchup. So I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on this. It's one of those games that's going to fly a little bit under the radar on Saturday in the ACC. But I am interested to see how Temple looks Again, coming off of how poorly they showed against Buffalo and then also what Georgia Tech is offensively. Do they have enough to keep it close? And for lack of a better term, this is a rivalry game just because of the Jeff Collins effect. So I'm interested to see how they end up playing here. Yep. Mike, you know how strongly I feel about that under on Georgia Tech Temple? Uh Uh-oh. That's my pick of the week. Hell yeah. Give me Georgia Tech Temple under 49 points. And the problem here is that that number has fallen. Uh, that that opened close to 54, I think, in a lot of places. So I'm not getting the best value. Uh, but I I still don't think this is a very high-scoring game. I don't think there's a lot of points from either side. and Certainly not from Georgia Tech. So give me the under. That's my pick of the week. Nice. I like it. So... That's all I got. Uh, Mike, a couple more games, a couple of FCS competition games. Uh, noon on the ACC Network, Syracuse is a 38.5-point favorite at home in the Carrier Dome against Holy Cross, the Crusaders. Uh, is Syracuse getting right here, or can uh, Holy Cross kind of keep it close? Holy Cross is kind of ass. Ooh. Like, they're not great. Oh, oh. No, they're not, actually. You're right. They are really – they really aren't that good. Um <laughs> Syracuse's defense isn't good either. 38.5 is a lot. That's a lot. It's a boatload of points, yeah. That's a ton. I'm on Holy Cross here to cover. Well, agree to disagree. I'm on Syracuse. Uh, I Syracuse seems like the kind of team that they are going to show out against teams that are far inferior to them, and they are going to disappoint against teams that are kind of competitive, com- comparable. Joey, it's 40 points. It's like 40 points. It's a lot. Yeah, it's Holy Cross. I know they suck. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm at. Like, is this is not like a, uh, a a compliment to Syracuse as much as an indictment on Holy Cross. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know yeah. me, I'm a big Pat League fan, Mike. You know, I love that drum and fife. Love the drum and fife. Cue the Musketeers. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It doesn't make any sense. I just I get, say, get out your get out your bayonets and away we go. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, cue the suggestive adjectives that would lead into the German Fife, but, you know, either way, shout out, oh, yeah. solid verbal on that. Um, for what it's worth, Holy Cross so far this year. Colgate 24, Holy Cross 17. Boston College 62, Holy Cross 14. Navy 45, Holy Cross 7. 
Holy Cross 13, New Hampshire 10, Yale 23, Holy Cross 10. Syracuse, you better cover 38 and a half in this game. Come on. You better. You better. You better yeah, I mean this is this is the get right portion of Syracuse's schedule before they get really into the meat of it. And if they don't do it now, it's never gonna happen. Put it that way. I'm with it. That's all I got. Oh man. I think mistakes were made with my pick, but it's fine. <laughs> just, just go with it. Good news for you, it doesn't count against the uh, records the way that I'm keeping them. So Good, perfect. I don't care that's about right. this next game either then. That's right. Twelve thirty on the ACC network extra, which I'm still assuming that's what it's called. The Pitt Panthers, 28-point home favorites against the Delaware Blue Hens. Uh, Mike, those are Joe Flacco's Blue Hens, for what it's worth. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Pitt, bit of a letdown spot. Big emotional win against UCF. They got a uh, a um, quote-unquote formidable opponent coming in to Heinz Field. I guess. Uh, you, want, you want Pitt given 28? I'm pretty sure Joe Flacco was at Pitt before he transferred to Delaware. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to look that up. How about that for context? I hope that's right. Pretty sure it is. I I really don't think it is, but, man, that is a today I learned kind of situation. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm correct there. Oh, my God, Mike. In 2003, as part of the Pitt Panthers football team, Flacco was yep. registered as a freshman for a team that went 8-5. In 2004, Flacco was the backup quarterback behind starter – this is a name I haven't heard in a minute – Tyler Palco. Who Holy – the- That is a throwback. <laughs> oh, man. There were a lot of interceptions thrown by him. Who led the team to an 8-4 and four record. He saw action in three games against Ohio, Nebraska, and South Florida. He threw four passes and finished the season with one completion for 11 yards and a 25-yard punt, Mike. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> Just what I needed out of my Denver Broncos quarterback. That – I look, jokes aside, sound effects aside, I, I was today years old when I figured out that Joe Flacco once played for Pittsburgh. I did not know that. Shout out to you, Mike. You, you are Thanks, ultimately the, uh, the ACC guru here. I, I did not know. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> these are not your father's blue hens. <laughs> I'll be damned. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what that means, but I just felt like that was necessary and it was something I felt like I should say. These aren't your father's blue hens. You don't say, uh, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think to say that means that, you know, I don't think Delaware is very good and they were better back in the day, uh, which is – going to sound really weird because I'm taking Delaware to cover here, Joey. This is a letdown spot for Pitt. Um, They obviously beat UCF in a game that nobody expected them to win. They held it close against Penn State. I think Pitt is sneaky good, but for some reason I think they're going to let down here. It's another gut check game, in my opinion. Give me the Blue Hens of Delaware, plus my grandfather was the Dean of Agriculture there, so I feel like it's a sentimental pick. You're so Uh, full of crap. No, he wasn't. I I swear to God, he was the Dean of Agriculture. Uh, uh, Delaware. Long time ago. Um, that is that is not a lie. And since it's basically fall, well, not basically, since it's fall now, you know, that must mean that the pumpkins are going to turn colors and leaves are going to change and Delaware is going to cover. So <laughs> that's just science, Mike. Just science. It's just the way it works. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. You can't you can't compete with science. I you know I wouldn't dare. Um, 
Yeah, give me the Blue Hens plus the 28. Um, obviously, Pitt wins by probably 24 or something like that, but I don't I don't think it's that easy of a win. I don't know what we're talking about here at this point, Mike. Um, yeah. Give me Delaware plus the 28, I guess. I guess. And that, that's good enough for me. Uh, Mike, that is, that's all. We've got eight games this week. We've just previewed all of them. Um, this feels like this went ultra quick, ultra efficient, and I feel like we've missed something. Did you feel like you missed anything? Anything you want to add on any of these eight games? I just said something about pumpkins changing colors, so I think it's time to call it. <laughs> Uh, Mike, I mean, are you, are you a pumpkin fan? Pump, pumpkin pie fan? <sighs> yes. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Let's just quit while we're ahead because I'm slurring my words okay. and it's it's late and I'm sleep deprived, you know, dad life and the whole thing. So let's just quit while we're ahead. I'm good with that. Let's move on to apple pie. All right. Thank you. Um, all right, your pick of the week, Notre Dame covering 12.5 at home against Virginia. I tend to disagree. I got Virginia in the points. Uh, my pick of the week, Georgia Tech and Temple going under 49 points. Uh, I think that's going to be a low-scoring game. We'll see how that goes. Uh, otherwise, both of us on Duke outright. Uh, both of us on Wake Forest covering 6.5 against Boston College. Both of us on Florida State covering 6 at home against uh, NC State. Clemson minus anything against North Carolina. Georgia Tech plus the 9.5 the against Temple. And then there's a couple other games that we just don't recommend betting either way between Syracuse and Holy Cross and Pitt and Delaware. So don't get too excited there. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here and watch some Week 5 games? I think we're good, man. This completes our three podcast weeks, so congratulations to you. Sure does. Uh, you can kind of probably tell if you're listening at home – our brains are getting close to melting at this point. So um, this is what you get for us waiting an extra 24 hours to post the recap and then adding a mailbag show in the middle. Um, it is it is a little dicey at the moment, but hopefully you're enjoying the content. And if you are, please go subscribe and rate and review and, uh, and share with your friends and all those good things. So we'd really appreciate it if you do. Keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, Mike, we got to get out of here. We got to go uh, watch these week five games and come back and recap them. Um, for what it's worth, watching these games, I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to play in a road game. Going on a family vacation. Uh, going to be in the car most of the day Saturday. Thankfully, got that YouTube TV app on my phone and a charging block in the backpack. And we're going to be watching some games in the car. Oh, yeah. yeah, we are. Watching some games in the car. So we'll come back and recap those on Sunday. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, in the meantime, y'all can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB and together we're at BC podcast ACC. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, breaker, the overcast app. And most importantly, you can find us on the anchor app. Uh, go find us all those places and wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, they can find us on with their questions, their comments, their concerns, all of them can be sent to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. I apologize. That was not very good. I'm disappointed. Yeah, that was not good. I did not nail that. Uh, Mike, carefully, you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook. I tend to call it Facebook at times, but yeah, Facebook works. 
Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. I'll be at a wedding Friday night when Virginia Tech plays Duke. So I forgot to mention that. That could get a little bit dicey for me. So for those looking for hard-hitting, dedicated analysis to all eight ACC games this weekend, you have found the podcast for you. And we'll be drunk. That's what I said, Mike. That's what I said. (laughs) Hard-hitting. All right. Uh, For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.